blessed morning once again and how there I would welcome you this morning to another live broadcast. This is the voice of Isaiah Phillips, Aikintola. Well, this morning, by the grace of God, we're going to continue to look at the emphasis and uh, intentions of God for this brand new day. And the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to us in, uh, in a new direction and in a new way. There's a new height to which the Lord is bringing us or our two, to understand his ways and his his intentions for this brand new day. So I want to especially welcome you and um, we're going to continue to look into what we uh, term as a shift in spiritual leadership. Of course, after this uh, teaching, we are going to go into our leadership school. We, we are still, you know, are looking into some very important principle the Lord is revealing to us in the concept of, you know, the prophetic you know, angle of developing spiritual leadership and capacity all right, for this brand new day. And I think uh, um, this is such, you know, a relevant uh, a word that we are looking into. There's so much the Spirit of the Lord is, is, is highlighting and uh, bringing to, you know, to our understanding as we develop the, the quality and the capacity of, of life, I mean, that will make for the the the, the kind of uh, answer, or right, to to the challenges that we are faced with today. I mean, no one can, you know, deny the fact that we are in a day where, you know, the the challenges of the day are making demand on what we define as, you know, as skill, as ability and capacity. All right, the challenge I've got into such a level that many of the so-called, you know, uh, uh, um knowledge and and uh, capacity and uh, you know skills that we have built have made those things almost like obsolete so we 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 looking into god's heart and we want to continue to you know listen to his voice and to his his heartbeat regarding the nature of this season what kind of life what kind of you know quality of existence are we supposed to be presenting all right to 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 meet the challenges of of this brand new day and as as we look into the word of God, we're finding all kinds of uh, uh, um, directions and emphasis of the spirit that will allow us to readjust, you know, the concept of our sense of, you know, our spiritual uh, maturity and, and, and leadership spirit, okay, that will be able to deal with many of the challenges that are before us. Thank you so much, my dear sister, for connecting. So uh, we are going to continue to look at these uh, various principles and 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 uh, you know precepts that are in the word of god of course the word of god is our base is our resource is is where we you know find the the, the quality of of life and direction in, in becoming what i mean the father will have us you know be in representing his, his intention for this new day like we've been saying of course it's almost becoming a song that we've stepped into a new day but then the, the challenge is what quality of, of, of men and women in terms of leadership will be able to function properly in this new day. Right? I mean, to talk about entering new day is, 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 is become something that uh, is an old school song. All right? We have to begin to ask ourselves, what, what, what do we do as we step into this new day? What, what are the kind of template of existence, you know, pattern of thinking that we need to present? What are the things that are required of us? Or how do we adjust our sense of response amen, in, in, in dealing with many of these complex challenges? And, 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 and the Lord is speaking to us 
<clears throat> excuse me, as we as we continually look into His Word and and hear His heart and hear His His desire that we have to, Amen. You know, present to Him a different, you know, quality of of wine skin. All right, and and I believe this is something that is that that you know the Spirit of the Lord will continue to emphasize, all right, in days to come. Because that will then define how we are going to respond to many of the issues and the you know, and the challenges that you know society and of course the nations are faced with a new a new mindset a new uh, uh, value system a new belief system a new posture of life a new perspective to life amen must dawn on us and of course it's dawning on us and these are some of the things that we're trying to track in god's in god's word and uh, two days ago when we began to look at this concept of a shift in leadership i began to address you know the issue of saul because saul is saul is a type of you know a uh, uh, a, a system, if you will, is a type of a leadership system that we, we saw and, and of course is still very, you know, uh, uh, prominent in society today. And if we have to deal with, you know, the complex challenges of our day and we present the kind of Saul's lifestyle, we present the kind of Saul's pattern of thinking, all right, to these situations and challenges, I tell you, we are going to meet the same end that, you know, Saul met. So it's important that as we read the word of God, we've got to allow the word of God, amen, to speak to us in the context of the nature of the days that we live in, all right? So God's word is, of course, is ever fresh. The word of God is ever relevant, all right? So while we may look at the word and we think we're just reading, you know, a, a, a history or, you know, story, all right? All of that are embedded principles and values, okay? The word of God are, are embedded principles and values, okay? So values and principles never die. They never change, okay? You know, seasons might come and go, you know, a, a generation might come and go, but the values and the principles and the concept of engagement never change. And that is something that we can look into, all right, and, and really rejoice over because God's word, amen, never, never change. The word of God is never outdated. The word of God is the most is the most current amen newspaper if you will is the most current news you can read is the most current you know principles that you can apply the word of god is the most current value system that we can operate by and i i want to really emphasize this aspect because in the days that we live in there's a tendency for us to be looking you know towards different places and looking into all kinds of things. There are all kinds of conspiracy theories out there. There are all kinds of, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, scientific, you know, messages. There are all kinds of, you know, psychological, you know, uh, um, you know, words i mean everybody's bringing is like in the days of you know god's you know ascending his servant moses to the palace of pharaoh all right when 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 moses brought out his rod guess what pharaoh also called out his guys amen they also brought out their rod they also cast down their rod amen and 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 these are things that we are seeing and each of those you know realities are something we have to be cognizant of so we know how to amen deal with situation all right we don't want to be over Zealous, we don't, and we don't also want to, you know, lack behind. We don't want to just, you know, deal with the things that are happening around us with levity, with a sense of, well, well, it will come and go. We need to be very aware of the nature of the days that we live in, amen, and the quality of leadership that is that is required to engage, amen, this 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 uh, situation. All right, we are faced with circumstances that as 
that has made you know our understanding of life you know uh, almost uh, almost obsolete all right many of the things that we are the society the nations are faced with today have uh, you know have brought our concept of understanding i mean look at look at this issue of corona right now still they've not been able to find all right a vaccine to deal with this thing all right i know of course i know they're going to find a vaccine but that's not the point the point is all right something happened in the earth all right that we do not have an answer for Something happened in the earth that we do not have an answer, amen, for. And that is a lesson that we have to, you know, learn as a church, regardless of the conspiracy theory, all right, that men may be throwing out there. The fact is that something happened in the earth that the economic system, all right, were not prepared for, that, you know, the, the, sci the, 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 the scientist community were not prepared for, nor was the church prepared for it, all right? So, so government were not prepared for it. It is something that hit us, okay? And it's not like this thing, people have, uh, have not really been, you know, talking about it. I mean, this thing has been happening since December. So is either, you know, somebody is not, is not committed, is not doing their, their job, but the fact is it has shut down, you know, the economic system of the world. And we know that that is something that, you know, that, that really, really speaks into, you know, uh, 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 when you talk about impact, all right, because the world will allow anything to happen as long as it doesn't touch the economy. Have you seen how the nations, the, the you know, government across the nation are all trying to, you know, pop money, they pump money into the economy just to mitigate, just to kind of keep the economy afloat. But yet the economy has gone into recession. So the point that I'm highlighting is, all right, we, we've got to be able to develop our spiritual, you know, capacity. And when I mean spiritual, of course, by now you, you understand what I mean. That spirituality does not mean that something that is just dangling in the spirit somewhere, somewhere in the cloud that is just there. No, spirituality defines amen, a principle of existence. Spirituality defines amen, a system of living. All right, Jesus is, is, is a dimension of a life that we have to live by, we have to walk in, amen. There is nothing that happens to Jesus that caught him unawares, that he was not prepared for, all right. There was no situation that he did not take charge over, that he could not subdue. Am I just excuse me, amen? Just like Adam in the garden, there was no situation except the fact that Satan finally came through or a, a particular point, a particular angle that he wasn't ready, that he was not prepared for. So we have to look at all of this and begin to ask ourselves, how prepared are we? How ready are we in dealing with what is coming? Not what is. Now, what is now, of course, we're going to look for a solution. We're going to come out of this. But, 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 but what I'm saying is this is not the end. There's going to be more. There's going to be more challenges. There's going to be more situation. There's going to be more circumstance that will require, that will demand, amen, a people in the earth that have the, 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 the solution, that have, amen, the understanding, that have, you know, the, the, the well without, that have the resource, that have the knowledge, that have the wisdom. Why do you think God gave us, amen, his spirit? Why do you think the spirit of God, amen, you know, you know, I, I gave us the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, excuse me, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, amen, the spirit of power, the spirit of, the, the, you know, the spirit of revelation, the spirit of the fear of God, amen. All of this, why do we have all of that? It says so that we can, we, can, we can be able to judge things, not by our physical, natural human sight or how we hear things. In other words, heaven wants us to live, amen, in, in a dimension of a life, amen, that is not subdued, that is not limited, that is not 
captured by its environment. Amen. Like we said this morning, heaven wants us to live from the ascended, you know, identity, amen, of, 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 of our life. We must be able to walk and come to a reality where we, we, we look at things, amen, from a vantage pos position. And I think that is, that is the life that Jesus lived, amen. And that is a quality of leadership that we're talking about. Like I said, and I'll continue to emphasize this, the leadership is not about how many people you're leading. It's about how you, you inform, how reform, how transform, how empowered, how resource you are, amen, in dealing with the issues of life, amen, in knowing what to do, how to, how to carry things out, how to execute things in the earth. That is what that is needed, amen. Who was David leading at the backside of, lead, of, of, you know, of, of the wilderness than sheep? David was leading sheep. But from that position of leading sheep, he became leaders of men. The same thing with, you know, uh, uh, with, uh, with Moses. Who was Moses leading? Amen. Moses was leading sheep. <laughs> from leading sheep, he became a leader of men. So we have to understand that leadership does not start with leading people. It starts with the adjustment, amen, of our spirituality, of our sense of connectivity to the things of God. It starts with understanding, hallelujah, how God wants life to be lived. It starts with amen, us being able to manage life from an ascended position. Leadership starts with amen, the ability to understand God's intention for our life, but not just for our life. All right? it, it, it deals with how to manage amen, this garden that he has given to us. It, it, it deals with having insight into nature, into creation. Amen? It, it deals with the issue of you know, being able to represent the intentions of God, the desires of God, the counsels of God. It deals with the, the ability to know amen what god wants to see manifest at every season in time it deals with you know the understanding of being able to represent amen god and represent the people before god all of this must define the structures amen and the values of what we define to be leadership you know, years ago, God, God delivered me from the idea of leadership has to be leading people <laughs> because you can lead people and still lead them into, into, you know, into a ditch. Amen. Bible says, if the blind leads the blind both will fall into a ditch if the blind leads the blind both will fall into a ditch so we have to understand that leadership has to do with first acquiring amen of our of our true identity acquiring of sight coming to that real reality amen of who we are in christ that that position has to because it's from there that we can function and 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 and, and that is something that we still need to talk about we still need to continually engage in, in in the days because the days that we live we live in right now demands like i said some time ago this day has highlighted as as brought you know to bear as brought to the open certain quality of men and has also revealed to us amen how shallow how weak how blind amen how obsolete you know many people are including the so-called church and system that they've built the economy they have built we have seen that situation amen has been able to dwarf situation has been able to has been able to mark them zero has been able to mark them failure yes when circumstance happen in life amen that's that's a point where we where we are tested as a point of examination <laughs> uh, the corona and the rest amen they are their point of examination to test the quality of our understanding of our sight like i said late last year Early this year, the Lord gave us a word he said this season this decade is going to be a decade of you know reset 
I mean, we didn't have a full understanding of what that meant, but to the degree we understand, that's how the things of, of, of God is. God will give you a prophetic word, but if you don't continue to you know, engage the Lord and say, God, what do you mean by a season of reset? In fact, that's something that I didn't, I didn't do. I just know that, yes, God said this decade is going to be a decade of reset, and we began to pray. Yes, to the knowledge you have, you pray, God, help me. You want to, you, you want to align yourself, of course, to the knowledge, but I, di I, didn't, I didn't go to God and say, what does that mean? So to me, that itself, amen, is a lesson. Because God can give you a word and you can interpret God, the, the, the word of God, amen, from the understanding that you have. After all, every understanding comes from a source. <laughs> every understanding, every revelation comes from somewhere. All right, we know in part and therefore we prophesy in part. Maybe if I had, you know, you know really probed the heart of God and sought more and said, okay, so what, what do you mean by reset? Because, you know, we, 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 can, lose, we can lose truth, all right, in words. Ah, thank you, Lord. We can lose truth in words. Thank you so much, guys, for connecting, Sister Tina, uh, Sister Shola, and you know, Brad Derek, and the rest that are connecting. Thank you so much for connecting this morning. All right, we're still dealing with a, a, a shift, amen, in leadership. The day we have we have been ushered into, amen, demands a quality, a new quality of men and women. All right, we call it leadership. All right, leadership, of course, means to be able to lead. But we are saying this point of leading is not just, you know, leading people, all right? Yes, we're going to lead people. People will follow in the direction to which, amen, they, they're able to hear the voice of God. Now, we said some, something some time ago. The Lord said, how do we know, amen, if we are to follow a lead, uh, you know, a leadership or not? He said, when you see this man, amen, carrying the ark of God, amen, upon their shoulder, when they carry the ark of God, he said, follow them. That's the order God gave to Joshua, especially in the day where we need to follow like military men. This is a day where God is giving us order. In, in the season, in the, in the leadership of Joshua, it's, it's a type of a military concept of, of, you know, of engagement. So he said, for you dwell too long on this point. Joshua, tell the people to get ready. Three days. After three days, you know, they must clean themselves. They must have you know, a bath. They must get themselves ready. After three days, you must break forth camp and move to the next reality, to the next dimension of my emphasis now we've we've left certain concept of leadership all right this is a time where god is bringing instruction the nature and the character of the days that we live in amen are coming to us from a dimension of instruction and, and that may sound a bit challenging to a lot of people because uh you know we we don't like to be instructed nobody nobody likes to be instructed except for those of those of us that have allowed god to deal with us yes if you've been dealt with you've been brought to the end of yourself you've been you've been you've been you've been crucified all right yes it's easy some for somebody that's been crucified all right it's easy to 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 you know, to follow instruction. But for somebody that is still on the outer peripheries of the things of God, all right, that, you know, the idea of democracy and how we look at the world system, all right, defines how we look at God, it's, it's going to be very difficult, all right, to listen to, you know, to instruction. You know, imagine Isaiah say, no, 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 you've got to do this. This is what you want to do. Let's go there. <laughs> You're going to say, who, did, who, who, you know, the language. Why, why must you give me such an instruction? Come on, now I'm not going to listen to you. Now we're not going to do that because we don't understand the ways of God and and the and the and the comings of God and the comings of God. All right. But if we if we allow ourselves, Amen, to to flow in the in the in the journeys of the Spirit and allow the Spirit of God, Amen, to really build us up, Amen, we're going to get to certain dimension where we will flow, we will walk, Amen, we will respond. All right. So so what I'm saying to us is that heaven is demanding a 
new order of leadership, a new quality, a new caliber of people, amen, who have been calibrated by the Spirit, all right? And, and, and there's a word God gave me this morning, you know, this is a time of spiritual integration. It's a time of spiritual integration. I was looking at that word integration, and it means to, you know, to look for, you know, certain pieces or certain, you know, uh, uh, um, what's the word now? There's a word that is used in mathematics, okay? Uh, certain in intrigal parts that makes up, you know, the equation, all right? There are certain key points that makes up, you know, you, you, want, to, you want to solve an equation, all right? You've got to look for, you know, this part, whatever the part is. You've got to integrate it, all right, into your, into your calculation, whatever it is. Then you have what is called, you know, integrated, you know, something that becomes one, you know? This is the time where the Lord is saying that the church must be integrated. And I was looking at that and I saw that what God is actually saying is that we have to be spiritually integrated integrated and i think to a certain level we have not really come to an understanding of what that means because we are still lacking in terms of what spirituality means uh, our our understanding of spirituality is still limited to you know the ability to merely function via a gift gifts are important but to come to the point where we can flow, amen, in the way God designed and defined gift, we have to, first of all, be integrated. Because, the, because gifts themselves, amen, are integrated. They are, they are part of the components, amen, of the nature of Christ, amen. The fact that you are able to speak and, and things happen, you know, the, the idea of faith, the idea of healing, the idea of, you know, a, a word of knowledge, word of all of those things that we look at and define to be gift, remember, they are all made of the very nature the very character the very life of christ those things don't just come from somewhere they came from someone all right and as we as we as we integrate in the spirit as we connect in the spirit as we become more 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 inclined to the ways of the spirit as we get to understand the life the character the intentions the impressions of the spirit as we get to know each other in fact that was what the lord was you know speaking to me about this morning that I, I, I personally i have to do more of getting to know the people that are in my world i have to I have to know them he said he said we used to know christ by the flesh he said henceforth let no man know him by the flesh all right because th this christ that we used to know from one dimension amen as 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 as, as ascended to another dimension and it's from that dimension that the Lord wants us to know him. And it's from that point that the scripture is, in fact, that is the context to which, where the Bible says, if any man be in Christ. Before that scripture, amen, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, before that scripture is that we used to know Christ. So knowing Christ in the flesh basically reduces even our understanding of spiritual redemption, reduces, limits our concept of salvation. Because salvation is the, is the door that brings us into what we call the kingdom life it's from that kingdom life that we are introduced amen to the things of the spirit to the ways of the spirit amen to the character to the life of the spirit to the culture of the spirit and it's from there that we become amen a, 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 a whole human it's from there that the new nature of the, the this second man amen this last adam amen 
becomes even more, more, more pronounced. That is where our journey begins. But for us to be able to do that, even the, 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 the scope of the, 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 the template to which we get to understand what redemption and salvation is, must be from the ascended life of Christ. Not from, okay, Jesus of Nazareth, who healed, who restored, who, who you know, who gave, you know, people blind eye, you know, all of those things that Jesus did in his first day ministry. If we approach the things of God from that, you know, uh, uh, outward, you know, manifestation of what Jesus did as, you know, as, as his first day ministry, we will be limited to all that. And we will always deal with things or respond to life from that position of a remedial order. All right. And so there's a problem. So we, we're like fire brigade. There's a, there's a, there's a fire. So we just want to go quench the fire. No, no. If we live life from a, from a dimension of that, that sees things from an eternal realm, that sees things from heaven's vantage, from heaven's point of view, you understand? Before the fire, we are we we are already prepared. We know what to do. In fact, we 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 put you know things in place to stop the fire. All right, before quenching the fire. And I think that's a kind of response system. I'm not sure if I'm making sense, but that's a kind of response system the Lord is calling us to develop, all right? That we, sh we shouldn't be reactive to things, to life. You see, there's a there's a Christianity that is very reactive. We are reactive to things. We are reactive to so many things, to life, all right, to situation. And if we do that, we deplete our understanding, we deplete our energy, and we, 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 waste, we waste the resource God has given to us. Now, I believe live in my heart this is my own personal you know uh, uh conviction that what the lord is saying in this brand new day particularly with all this shutdown all right is is look i'm giving you an opportunity for you to get to know you know people that you have you've known from afar get to know them get got to have you know a, a close relationship get to have you know a, a close proximity with 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 them all right and that 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 is beyond just getting to know somebody okay how are you doing but getting to know their spirit getting to know their heart there are people that you know I, I've never met, but you know I, I I I it's like I can I can pick their spirit. I can I I I I, I can you know you have a relationship. You can you can pick them by the spirit. You know where they are, and I think that is something that many of us are struggling with. But that will be what defines how we step into the things of God, because until we know each other, all right, from that position where the Bible says an Adam or an Adam knew Eve, all right, and I'm not just talking about intercourse. There's a realm beyond intercourse. You see, the, the relationship of the spirit is beyond just a man and a woman coming together and giving birth. All right, the relationship of the spirit is based on how God defines us and, and, and that, that brings us to a place where we truly get to know our measure, our, our grace, our values. You know, we, we, we value people by their, by their giftings. Okay, what can you do? What have you done? Like I was sharing some time ago, was it last week? That when we want to introduce ourselves, we introduce ourselves based on, you know, what we have done. He said, this is, you know, prophet Isaiah Phillips. Okay, so already that gives you an image. He's a prophet all right and uh, and then the next thing well he has done xyz he came from here he's here these are the things he has done all right he's preached in america you know is 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 a is an international preacher all right and those are the resume that if people are introducing us those are the resume that we you know we present and that gives people amen some kind of an image and listen to this there is a place that is 
is a point where you know we have to be introduced in the right way yes it's important there's a place for that but that is not what i'm talking about i'm saying that when we begin to present ourselves from our true spiritual elevated life it, it, it allow us amen to tap into the spiritual grace and deposit hallelujah that that god has you know given to us that we can only function amen from a position where we are truly known by the spirit and not just by the ability we have ability is secondary when we connect to amen our sense of true spiritual identity ability will always flow but ability sometimes can also deceive us if we don't understand amen the things the experience amen the journey amen the the the, the pain the suffering you know there are there are things we cannot articulate when it comes to the things of god that you have to pick it by the spirit somebody will have to be able to connect with you and be able to tap into you know your journey your 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 experience amen your 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 process all right such such that when 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 you meet the life of god's just start flowing the power of God just start flowing. Not because, you know, people have been given this false expectation. You know how we psych people up before the man of God comes. Particularly in our so-called, you know, Pentecostal church. When a man of God is coming, we psych the people. We wind them. We, this man has done X, Y, Z. This man has done this. That man has done, hey, we, we psych and psych and psych. So people have this emotional expectation. They have this, you know, uh, 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 you know uh, almost like a magician expectation that when this man comes, something is just going to happen. And if the man comes and God, God help you, God decides to shut the man, then you get disappointed because you never really really get to be introduced to the spirit of the man you 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 were being you are being psyched up amen to connect to a gift you want to have something and run away with it all right but god is calling you to to get to know to share life to connect to you know there's a place where we meet in the spirit paul said when you gather and my and my spirit gather with you i mean he's not there he said when you gather and my spirit gathers with you that is something that we have not touched yet but if we are going to step out of this new day that we god has brought us into and begin to move into the confluence of the kingdom life we have to begin to address these things that are very important important amen to the idea of building the community of god building the life amen that is defined and regulated by the spirit amen if we are going to carry amen the power of the age to come if they are, if they if they are going to baptize us amen with the spirit of fire just like it, it was amen in the upper room if we are going to experience amen the clothing tongue of fire again in our day then we have to have you noticed that something happened in the upper room amen that reflected what i'm talking about there was there was a connectivity there was an integration amen of the people before the fire before the power before the grace before the gift and whatever you want to call it before all of that happened and that's why the church you will never hear that the church broke up you will never hear that there was quarrel and fighting you will never hear that there was you know backbiting among the brethren no because something about their life has come into oneness into togetherness they, they were you know they, they, they have become one they become one in the upper room all right god 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 had god had worked on them things have things had happened in 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 that upper room yes uh, you will never hear that they were doing all the fire brigade prayer no the bible says they were together they were together they were together 
together. They were together. That sense of togetherness, amen, is something that we have to do by allowing God to break the shell, to break the walls, to break all right, the, 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 the suspicious attitude, the, the prejudice, you understand, the fear and the doubt, the, you know, that mm, you're looking at the brother, but you, 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 you're not connecting, but you, 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 you're connecting, but you're not connecting. You, you know what I'm talking about? All of those falsehood that has defined and, and captured our, our sense of community and identity, all of that, you know, because we are still, if I must look at somebody and I must look at where, where's this person coming from? Like I said, it took me seven years in South Africa for people to, in fact, begin to believe in that I'm a servant of God, that, you know, I'm, I'm not here to take advantage. It took seven years plus for people just to say, okay, let's give this man a chance. Seven good years. All right. You know, I could have just left and said, ah, these people, they, they're not ready. They, they, they don't want my gift. But I can understand that. I can understand that kind of a lie because it's going to take more than you coming to preach. All right. People are tired of preaching. <laughs> people are tired of preaching. They've heard preaching. They've been summonized. They've been summonized. Certain people have been preached to, to the point that they've, you know, people, people sleep now. You go to, you understand, the church has become more like a place where you go to entertain. The, the, the life, the thing that connect us you know that community life that that shared life we have lost it and that's why some people will be dying in the church and nobody will know some people will be dying of hunger in this season in time a lot of people will not have food in their house but because we are not connected in the spirit so we can't even hear their cry you see the cry is not when somebody say oh i'm hungry please give me food no you should be able to hear the cry when you're praying because your heart amen and that person's heart is connected all right you should be able to feel like i said i mean when i was in bible school i'm just praying early in the morning i'm praying i'm i'm, I'm in a state you know in a state called benin city that thing that's about is it five hours from from lagos if i'm not mistaken maybe four hours or five hours from lagos i'm not sure you know but it's this is not some two hours drive it's not two three hours drive okay so i'm praying in my school bible school and the lord speaks to me about somebody in lagos and i feel the pain i feel the pain of this person and the lord begins to speak to me i need you to go to lagos and go minister to this person but i'm in school and sometimes I'll have to borrow money to just to travel down. And you know, you know, sometimes you can pray, you can pray. But the Lord says, no, he's giving me a command. He says, I need to go. I need you to go talk to this person. I need to go speak into the life of this person. So I just obey. And I get to this person's office. Of course, it's work time. Everybody's at work. So I go straight to the office of this person. And I say, well, I'm here, guy. And I, I greet the person and say, this is what the Lord will have me give to you. And the person broke down and started crying. and said, oh, Lord. What do you think that does to that person? And what do you think that does to me? First, it affirms. You think I just woke up one morning and decided to say, oh, I'm a prophet. No, they've tried me with little things. You see, he who is not faithful in little. You see, the things of the spirit are not things that we just boom, we just grow into. No, they try us little by little, little by little, little by little, a little here, a little there, a little here. He who is not faithful in little. He is not faithful in another man's thing. It's a principle. If you ever think that suddenly out of this, the ecclesia is just going to become so mature, we lie. These are the principles that will allow us to grow, that will allow us to be developed, that will allow us to come into the position of sonship. There's something that is called corporate sonship. It's a place where we all come together, where there are no ambition, there are no, there are no prejudice, there are no you know, fear, because we all have 
come to a, a day where we realize that we've been born of the same spirit. Being born of the same spirit is stronger than being born, amen, of the same father. It's stronger than being born of the same biological father. Now, I know you get that some other day. You didn't hear me? I said being born of the same spirit is stronger than being born of the same biological father by biological parents. That is something the Lord taught me while I was growing in the Lord. Now listen to this, son. There are people I'm going to bring into your life that will make up for the things that your mother could not give to you. That will make up for the things that your father or I could not, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't get your father to point to your life. There are things, yes. So I grew up without, you know, my biological parent being, being there. My mother's still alive. My father passed, passed, has, passed away. But guess what? My growth in the things of God, all right, were never, you know, influenced by, by my biological parent. In fact, was not influenced by my you know my, my my biological family you understand but god brought people into my life they they guard me they watch me there were people that when they talk to me sit down i dare not stand up i sit listen to this these are just people that i met in the lord these are people that i met as christians growing up you understand friends i'm talking about certain things that will speed up that will mature us because we're talking about a, a new set of leadership that must emerge in our day but this thing is not going to happen by just you you know pick you know hand picking you know pick pick pointing what you want to eat they say come eat you say no i don't like this one that that's the one i want no in this meal you don't choose amen you eat all that is presented to you because all are part of what we develop all the dimensions of your area that you're lacking there are certain things that you're lacking amen that they will they will they will they will bring certain people they will bring certain it could be for two months it could be for three years in your life those people will continue to feed you in that area until you come of age you mature in that era it could be in the area of struggling with pride all right they bring somebody like isaiah I, i'm very good in that area if you have pride and you're around me ah before you leave you will be humble because i will 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 push you. I will make you, amen, understand the, the values and the principles of humility because that's how God, amen, led me. God took me through those process. Yes, they broke me and broke me again and break me. When you think, ha, ah, I am dead. When you hear people say, I am dead, I'm, finally, I am dead. Now I'm dead. They're not dead yet because a dead man has no voice. He, he can't say nothing. A dead man does not say he's dead. It's people that will be saying to you, ah, that guy is dead. <laughs> If you're still saying, you're, ah, I'm dead now, now the Lord has brought me to life. It, it tells me that you're not dead yet. Because that is something that people must be able to speak of you. It's called the testimony of Jesus. The Bible says the testimony of, the, you know, the, 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 the spirit of Christ, amen. The, excuse me. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You know, it is somebody declaring it. It is us declaring it of what we have seen. Amen. Of what he has done. Amen. It's not Jesus proclaiming himself, declaring himself. Now we've seen. They say of the things we have seen. We have taught. Our hands have handled this. We were with him on the mountain. There will, there will be people that will be testifying. Amen. Of your process. Of your, of your death. We saw. I, I, I was sharing this morning. All right. You know, certain people came to, uh, 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 um, um, Catherine Kuma, you know that Catherine Kuma, that great woman of God who walked in the power of miracle. And they were challenging her because, of course, she got, she got you know, married again. You know? and, and, and somebody said, no, but who gave you this kind of permission to, you say, but the woman, the Catherine Kuma said, no, that woman you, you thought you knew, that one she died. Yes, I can take you to where she was buried. <laughs> she, she's dead. That woman died. 
I can take you to where she was buried. He said, this one that you're seeing is a different person. What a sight. What am I talking about? I'm saying that there's a need, amen, for a new cream of leaders to emerge out of this quagmire, out of this, you know, shutdown, out of these issues that, that has brought the entire world, amen, into a lockdown. Out of this thing that have shut the church, they brought all of the things that we define to be spirituality, Christianity, you know, the economy, government, leadership, they brought them to a, a, a rubble. They brought everything to a state. Now, a new order of people must emerge. Th th those are the people that God raised Nehemiah, hallelujah, to go minister to. That out of the ashes, a new order of gates must emerge, hallelujah. Out of that which has been broken down, a new order of walls must emerge. If we're going to rebuild this Jerusalem, there has to be amen, a marching order coming from the auspice of men like amen, Nehemiah, who had received mandate from the king amen, to go and restore. We're talking about a new set of leadership, friends. What kind of a person are you going to be after all of this? Are you still going to be operating in the same old wine scheme? Are you still going to be looking at life and looking at things, situation, people, amen, the church from the same old, amen, obsolete point of view? Or are you going to believe God to grant you new sight, new position of engagement? Because listen, in the things of God and in the institutions of the things of God called the systems of God, there are realms, there are hierarchies. In the prophetic, there are realms, there are hierarchies. In what we call the apostolic, amen, there are, there are realms and there are hierarchies. You've got to understand, we go from faith to faith the things of god amen is one two three four five six seven you've got to eat when you hit seven you step into a new day then from that eight amen you begin again one two three four five six seven you hit another note you enter into a new day that is how it is it's from faith to faith and if you don't understand this friends we will we will hit one seven we will hit the seventh note and we will think well this is the end of the music but guess what let somebody who can play very well that person will take that note from that seventh order amen and take it to another realm and you, before you know it somebody who can sing very well will take that high note and take it to another note we we see that always happen all right you 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 say wow i never know you can take such a high pitch yes there are pitch in the things of the spirit there are pitch amen there there's a way you can blow a trumpet all right and people think wow but i tell you that highest pitch that highest note that you blow if somebody else amen will take that same trumpet that person will blow amen from that same note a higher note and you're going to be wondering my word there's a guy called Phil Driscoll. I don't know if you've, if you've ever listened to his music. Phil Driscoll is very good in doing that. And this guy, you can see, is a prophet. He's a psalmist. When Phil Driscoll, I used to, I used to listen. I've been listening to Phil Driscoll since the, since the early 80s. You know, no, not early 80s now. Yes, late 80s. I think I gave my life to Christ 83, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I've been listening to Phil Driscoll all the way back then. And Phil Driscoll just have a way of taking you from one dimension. Just all he does is just to blow, just to blow that trumpet. Wow. We've got to understand that the ways of God, but we are, we're coming to a day where all of the ways of God are converging into a, into a peak. This peak will become the foundation that will allow us to step into the, the, the next realm, the next reality. 
All right, all that is happening right now has laid for us, amen, a, a position where we must build, amen, another foundation to begin to climb up to, to where it's called the heel of the Lord. I'm speaking on, amen, the quality of leadership that is required in this season and time. This moment has brought us to a point where we have to reevaluate. We have to reevaluate. We have to go back and and you know, I'm telling you, friends, if you love yourself, some people who are into pastoral, shut down the church. Shut it down. When the government finally says, oh, let's open it, you say, okay, guys, we would need to take another two months because you have to redesign the whole curriculum of where you're taking the people of God to. You have to go back. You cannot come, you cannot come back, amen, and do the same thing. Listen to this. You are just going to be washed away by the water, by the flood that is coming. Because the flood is coming. This moment has, has proven that certain houses will not stand. Certain systems, certain structure, certain people in government, they will not make it, amen, in 2021. You're going to see. I'm talking about political leadership because this moment is highlighting. And, and, we, and we know them. We know them. We can see them. The ones that are playing and joking with the things of God. Joking with, you know, the life of the people. We know them. They, can, they know themselves. You know, people like that, if you, if you ever bring them back, amen, to government, even the people will stone them. They say, you know, no. <laughs> Just like he said in the book of Zechariah, you know, certain prophets will, will not be able to prophesy again because this moment has exposed them, you know. Ah, no, no, we, by God knows what, March 27, this corona will go, you know. Corona is still there. <laughs> The virus is still there. People are still dying. So it, it, it's a moment that calls for us to be sacred, for us to be, to be afraid, for us to evaluate our life, for us to go back and look into how we, we, have, we have held, we have handled the things of the Spirit. It's a time for us, amen, to reevaluate. Regardless of the conspiracy theory that is out there about the, you know, uh, COVID-19, uh, that's not what I'm talking about. God will always use, listen to this, this is how God operates. God always use occasion, amen, to project his intention. God always uses occasion. Men may be fixative on the occasion, but God, also, God always look at the occasion as an instrument, there is, there is never a time all right, that God moves in the earth, that God doesn't look for something in the earth to move through. If he, if he doesn't look, look for, if he doesn't use a circumstance, he uses a person. So if you're focusing on what people are saying about the coronavirus, you will miss what God is doing in this season in time. You will miss your day of visitation. You've got to, you've got to see beyond, you know, the, what men are saying, what the earth seems to be projecting. You've got to listen. Say, God, what are you saying? What are you saying? So that I can know how to hear. All right? Because you can hear wrongly. You can see wrongly. God, help me to see, to understand, to, to realize, amen, your, your intention for this brand new day. All right? I'm, I'm going to take you back to the scripture we've been, we were looking at. Okay? Well, we looked at the scripture once. All right? And that was two days ago when we began to deal with this idea of a shift in leadership. And we, 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 we highlighted an important point regarding amen, the leadership of King Saul. King Saul. Amen. King Saul is a system in the earth. Amen. King Saul, I said, is a what? Is a system. Is an ideology. Is a belief system. Is a philosophy in the earth. Saul is dead. 
Just like, you know, uh, 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 Ahab is dead, you know, Jezebel is dead, Atalia, amen, dead. But they, 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 their, their expression, their values, their beliefs are still very much alive. In fact, in the day of the move of God, all right, according to the book of Revelation, <laughs> we saw him at Jezebel appearing. That's how powerful these systems are. We saw Jezebel appearing because we've got to understand that what we are dealing with today is a spiritual system. It's a spiritual system. Remember, a system is constant in time. A system is constant in time. A system really does not need a human being, all right, to make it work. If, if you set up a system, the system works by itself. That's why we're saying, amen, that Africa, we don't have a, a, gov a, you know, a government. We don't have governance. Leadership and governance are two different things. For, for, for you to have effective governance, you've got to have a system in place. All right? But when we, when, we, when we are fixative on leadership, leadership is about people. People fail. People, <laughs> God help me. A person can fail. When you focus on a leader, a, a person will, that person will, but a leader that establishes a system that establishes a govern, a, you know, a governance. The governance defines and determines the government, because the governance out of the governance comes the administration, the dispensation. Now, the church is not supposed to be ruled by just leaders. The church is supposed to be ruled by a system. And that system is called the Ecclesia. If we understand how the Ecclesia was des designed to function. Remember, it is Jesus himself that said, I'm going to build my church. That church Jesus is building, amen, is the Ecclesia. And, he, and is his operating system in the earth. The church is the operating system of Christ in the earth. The church is not the place that you go. The church is not the building. The church is the operating system. Just like Coca-Cola, you know, all of this company, you know, uh, um, Pepsi-Cola, you know, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, what do you call them? BMW, Mercedes-Benz, all of this big company, you understand? Facebook, all of them, they've got a, they've got a perfect system. All right? If you want to destroy the company, attack the system. That's why, you know, hackers, they, they, they develop, you know, virus, powerful virus. You send the virus, all right, to go for the system. That's why, listen to this, listen to this, friends. The days we live in, all right, expresses some of the, some of the most brilliant, you know, technology and innovations. Yet, on the other hand, amen, the days we live in are the most vulnerable day. Because just by pressing a button, all of the system that we have built that makes everything run so, sm sm you know, smoothly can be shut down just by somebody pressing a button. That is how vulnerable the nature of the days that we live in. And that's what makes, amen, the system of this world different from, amen, the systems of the things of the kingdom. In the kingdom, no matter the button you try to press, it doesn't work. Because the, what, what, what defines the operations of the system, amen, of, of the kingdom of God, is not, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not, uh, what do you call it now? It's not neutrons. It, it's not, it's not wires. You understand? It, it's not computation. Uh -uh, it's not, it's, it's not computing. It's not how intelligent, no. What defines the operation, operational system, amen, of the kingdom, amen, is, is, is spirit, is a spirit life. 
All right? For you to be able to destroy the things of God, you have to first of all destroy Christ because it's the operating system that defines the movement, amen, of the ecclesia. Because he's the one that says, I will build my church. The church is not what you build. They can only call you to become part of what is being built into the church. I said they can only call you, as they call me, to become part of what is being built into the church. You can't see the church. Because the church is not visible to the human eye. The church is a living spiritual system that functions through people. Whatever Jesus built, amen, must first be understood spiritually. It's a spiritual system. Then that system, just like any other system, amen, will have to walk through certain, you know, realities. A system makes things in the natural, in the physical realm to function well. You see, you've got your computer. Before me, I've got my computer. But what makes the computer work is not the body of the computer. All right, it's not the outer shell of the computer. All right, there are, there are things within, amen, that you cannot see. In fact, by the time you open the computer, all right, and you think, well, I'm looking at the motherboard, I'm looking at the, uh, 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 you know, you know, the the, the memory and uh, you know, and all of these. You're looking at all that for you to even get to understand what makes it work. You've got to be able to see, amen, how the neutrons, you know, how the light. You know, are flowing within, within, amen, the, 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 the system. Because just looking at the, you know, the motherboard and all of that and think you understand the system. Sorry, you still do not understand it. Are you getting it? I don't want to make it too complex. Not, neither do I want to sound too technical. But I'm just painting a picture that we can relate to. To understand, amen, the things of God. Listen to this. No power. No antichrist can destroy the church of God. No, 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 no corona and, and all of the, you know, uh, um, conspiracy theory, you know, around these things can destroy what God has begun. Because the church, listen to these friends, the church is not the kingdom. The church is not the kingdom. The church, amen, works via the authority, via the system of the kingdom. For you to be able to destroy the church, you have to destroy the kingdom. You can't do that. <laughs> Are you getting the point that I'm making? So, so you can you can kill you can stop people from going to church. You can shut down you know buildings and all of that. You still cannot stop the church because the church is a spiritual life. The church is something connected within, amen. The spirit of humans that have connected with God. That is what makes the church. That's why I keep saying when we connect from that order of truth, all right, it's called spiritual integration. When we connect from that dimension of spiritual integration, something begins to flow. From our life to the society, everywhere that church went, everywhere he went, the Bible says he was doing good. He was doing good. How God anointed. You see, that anointing is not the oil that is poured on you. That anointing, amen, is the approval of God, is the sanctioning of God, amen, to make things work, amen, via his authority in the earth. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This morning we're talking about that. All right, They didn't anoint Jesus that is in heaven flowing somewhere. No, they anointed something in the earth. So the system must work in the earth. The priest must be taken among men. Something in, in the heaven must come and sit among men. Hallelujah. And when you sit among men, you are able to influence their life, influence their space. Amen. Influence the environment. You change them. It is that system, amen, that Babylon corrupt, or not corrupt, that Babylon copied and seek to mimic. 
if you look at the system of Babylon, amen, it almost looked like the system of the kingdom. Yes, because Babylon just copied <laughs> the system of the kingdom. That's how Babylon works. And that's why a lot of people would get deceived. Because when Babylon operates, you think, wow, this look, this, this look kingdom. <laughs> that's why they, they do things, they call it kingdom. And we rush there, we say, wow, this is kingdom. No, it's not kingdom. You've got to understand the nature and the character that defines that thing. If you don't understand it, guess what? You are going to fall for a lie. <laughs> yes, Brad Derek. The church is a spiritual system. Yes, operating through humans. It, it, it operates through humans. So the vessel that we present, the vessel that we present, amen, to you know, to 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 God, you understand, as 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 the as the instrument of operation is what we are dealing with. And the question the Lord asked me this morning while I was thinking about this is, how long do you think it takes me? How long do you think it takes me to prepare a human vessel to become part of the system of my operations in the earth? That was a question the Lord asked me. How long do you think? And I was trying to, and I was very, of course, by now, understand when the Lord asks you such a question that you, you, before you answer, you've got to think. Well, it took Jesus three and a half years. It took certain people 40 years. Moses, it took Moses 40 years. And they say he's still not ready. They give him another 40 years. 80 years. Ooh. <laughs> it took Moses 80 years. It took certain people 30 years. It took, you know, some 40. It took some. It, but it took Jesus. Three, three and a half years. Say, ask yourself. Oh, well, it took Jesus 16 years, basically. 16, 18 years. Because he finished the job in three and a half years. That's what I'm saying. So, so you ask yourself, so what is it that makes, you know, certain people stay longer in preparation? It is how they are willing to yield, to surrender, all right, to the dealings of God in their life, to prepare them for approval, all right? It, it's, it, it all depends on how, how quick we are willing to yield Say a body you have prepared for me. I'm, and I'm looking at this while you know I'm considering the context. Samuel, excuse me, Saul. If you open to you know first Samuel 13, the Bible gives us a picture of King Saul here. Like I said, King Saul is is, is a working system, is a type of a leadership system. You see, today if people want to learn about leadership, all right. They go to university, they read all kinds of books. But all of those philosophy, of course, came from either, you know, the Grecian philosophy, all right? Uh, the, 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 the Grecian, of course, is connected to the Roman philosophy, or, or they go to, you know, the, the, the Babylonian, you know, Egyptian philosophy. And the Egyptian philosophy are very mystical, all right? The Babylonian philosophy, yeah, a bit of mystical, but, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, 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 um, dominance all right but the Grecian philosophy you know deals with ideology and that's why you know the you know the greeks were known to be you know very powerful in terms of ideology in fact it took it it, it i mean the the roman empire found it very difficult to conquer greek not because you know the greeks were very powerful but because they were thinkers they were thinkers they could think they could think very well 
And in between all of these ideologies, you still have what you will call the Orientals and the Asian, you know, theology. People from, you know, the Far East, you know, the 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 the, the Mongolians, where you know the, the Chinese, you know, develop their, you know, a, a capacity and the ability to, you know, to you know to to do certain things. You see. Then you come to Africa because Africa too, we've got we've got great philosophers, and I'm not just talking about just you know people who went to school. I'm talking about people who had an ideology of how to how to live life, how to how to how to operate, how to think, how to build things, how to build society. We have them in Africa. So all of these are all dimensions, amen, of how men see themselves and understand their world. And all of these are sourced from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Remember, remember, it is called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So this is one fruit, amen, producing, you know, two kind of, you know, taste, if you will. The tree, of, the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. So you eat that fruit, two things will happen in your life. Two things will happen in your life. Amen? Two things will happen in your life. Two things will happen in your life. You will know good and you will also know evil. You will know good and you will, you will also know evil. But that is not how God wants us to live life. He didn't, want, he didn't want us just to have a knowledge of good and a knowledge of evil. That wasn't, that, that wasn't God's intention for man from the beginning. The intention of God for man from the beginning is to live in the dimension of life. Now what is life? Life is not just breathing in and breathing out. Life is not the longevity Amen. Of, of our existence. No, that's, that's not the definition of life. Life is not, you know, that, you know, we were born into this world and we live 60 years, 70 years and 80 years. And we say, wow, he lived a good life. No, no, that's not life. Life, amen, is the source that defines God's concept of existence. Life is the source that defines how God will have us live on earth. In other words, life is a spiritual impartation, is a spiritual, if you will, a spiritual energy. Because out of life comes light. Have you noticed that? That's what the Bible says. Yes, in him was life. The life became the light of men. It's from the life of God that we have sight. That we have, when you have the life of God in you, what, what you're going to have, amen, is, is sight. But not just sight. You're also going to have, you know, a, a sense of a sense of awareness. This awareness is not what is defined, amen, by how you are able to look at things and then you come to conclusion. No, you, you are able to see things for how they are. For You're able to see people for who they are. This is, this is how Jesus lived life. And this is how the concept, amen, of leadership ought to be lived. Leadership that is, that is ordained and that is operated from the through the position of life is one that is not limited by circumstance. That kind of leadership is not limited by circumstance. Neither is it bound, amen, by, by, by challenges or fear. You know, you, you, you cannot manipulate in that order of life because its it, source, its position of, of knowledge and wisdom, amen, is from an ascended dimension. Is from a more advanced dimension of existence that cannot be stopped, that cannot be quenched. You cannot kill it. You cannot kill life. You cannot limit life. In him was life. The life became the light of man. And the light 
penetrates, amen, into the dark system and the dark system have no answer for it. Now, if you take all that I've said right now and focus it on your own personal life, your prayer, your prayer ideology, your, your, the way you look at life and you look at yourself, your prism, your belief system, your ideology start changing. You suddenly realize, wait a minute, I'm living from, you know, from the lower realm. My prayer is built on the, that's why he said, he said, you must pray that his kingdom come. Come where? To the earth. Where is the earth? The earth is the operations where men dwell. It's the place where men live life. When the kingdom of God becomes the default operations of your life. Ah, Allah, You'll be able to give direction. I mean, let me give you an example of how Jesus lived in life. They asked him, don't you and your followers, your disciples pay tax? Jesus said, to whom does, you know, the people of this world pay tax? They said, to Caesar. He said, so why are they asking us to pay tax? He said, well, for us to stand justified before the principle of the word, we have to pay, we have to pay tax. Because that's the system that governs the earth. The system lives by taxing the people. <laughs> the system of the kingdom does not live by taxing us. The system of the kingdom, the economy of the kingdom, amen, is based on the shared life we have. Nobody, nobody lacks anything. We have all things in common. And please, that's not socialism. Neither is it communism. <laughs> because if you say, oh no, no, commun commun communism and uh, socialism, they're close to, you know, what the Bible talks about in the book of Acts. No, 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 it's totally different. Totally, completely different. That is the system, amen, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This order of life, amen, is sourced from the tree of life. Jesus said to Peter, go to the river and catch a fish. The very first one you catch. That's what Jesus said to Peter. He said, it, is, it, it didn't say catch more. He said, no, the very first one you catch. Open it. You find something there. A gold, you know, a, a, a gold coin. He said, put for yourself and pay for me. Are, are you getting, are you, th that there is no lack. When we follow the directions of the spirit. And this leads us back to what we talked about this morning. Divine provision. In this brand new day, there is provision for us. If we follow the voice of God, if we follow the leading of God, if we follow the instructions of God, not being greedy, they said the very first fish. I know, Peter, you're a fisherman. You understand how to fish. I know you can fish amen, for, you know, for 100 at a go. I know you can do that. But no, no, the, very, the one. So if you catch more than one fish, you, get, you better let the other fish go. The very first fish. Open it. And it was so. Why was it so? Because that is the order of life. When we walk in the principle of life, we will not need amen, to be in need. We will not need to be in want. We will not need to be doing the things amen, that the system of this world, the Bible says this, the, the people of this world, they lord it over, they rule it over themselves. Before I go further, let's read a scripture because I'm going to round up with the scripture. I hope that I'm making sense. Right. I know I've used a lot of technical terms this morning, but it's good because I really want you to pick, pick the picture of what we're talking about. I want you to have an idea of what the Lord amen, is sharing with us because it's from this that we'll be able to 
begin to change, amen, our concept of prayer. All right. Remember that whatever the Lord, you know, speaks to us must be translated, amen, to prayer. Now, what prayer does before prayer goes to heaven, prayer first impact affects changes our values our principle amen that's why for you to be able to pray effectively amen your spirit your soul your body your mind all of your faculty must be involved prayer is not from here prayer comes from the depth of your heart prayer must come from the life within you yes so all of that now begins to change your sense of existence by the time you present that to God, the things that God is saying to you, you present it back to God in prayer. It comes back, amen, in form of spiritual substance. Then when you begin to operate in that, things start responding to you. Thank you, Father. Let's look at the scripture. As uh, First Samuel chapter thirteen, Samuel was thirty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned forty-two years over Israel. Now Samuel chose for himself three thousand men of Israel, of which two thousand were with Saul. Did I say Samuel? <laughs> Please pardon me. Saul was thirty years old when he began to reign. And he reigned around 42 years over Israel. Now Saul chose for himself 3,000 men of Israel, of which 2,000 were with Saul in Michmash and in the hill country of Bethel, while 1,000 were with Jonathan at, Gil at Gilead, Gibeah, excuse me, at Gibeah of Benjamin. But he sent away the rest of the people, each to his tents. Jonathan smote the garrison of the Philistines that was at Geba, and the Philistines heard of it. Then Saul blew the trumpets throughout the land, saying, Let the Hebrew hear. All Israel heard the news that Saul had smitten the garrison of the Philistines. And also that Israel had become an idiot, a stench. Some translation will say, to the Philistine, the people were then summoned to Saul at Gilgal. At, 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 yes, at Gilgal. Now, I was thinking about this, and I said, but why will Saul do this? And the Lord said to me, you know what, I mean, I, I, I love the sense of humor, sometimes the way God speaks to me. And the Lord said to me, he did that out of his insecurity. He wanted to prove to the people that he is strong. Can you believe this? <coughs> That Saul actually went to attack the Philistine just to prove to his people that, you know, he's some leader, he's strong, he is able. <laughs> Yet he does not, he does not have the capability. In, in fact, he had not prepared for this war. Let me take it again. You, you, need to, you need to listen to this. Listen to this, friends. Saul was 30 years old. So at this point, this guy was very zealous. Remember that Jesus stepped into his ministry at the age of 30. So this is supposed to be a point where, you know, some level of maturity and readiness and preparation, all right, must have been built within your life. At this point, you, just, you don't just do things. You know, you are, not, you are not reactive. You are not, you know, irrational. 
But because Saul had, had not built the right spiritual quality, and I'll tell you why he did this as, as I continue to explain. Remember at the point, all right, that the oil was poured on him, the prophetic oil. All right, that brought him into the position of leadership. Yes, and remember that you know Saul met some prophets. All right, and he began to prophesy. Now you remember that? Yes, yes, because uh, when he left Samuel, Samuel said, "You're going to meet a company of prophets." So all of these were part of, if you will, the the you know uh, um the you know the profiles, the resume. All right, that defines Saul. So he's going around boasting that, you know, if you think you're a prophet, I'm also a prophet. I mean, I was anointed. I mean, I even prophesied. I want you to see the, the, the irrational lifestyle and, and the presumptive, you know, character of Saul. Now, Saul is a good reflection, amen, of, 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 of if you will, a charismatic, you know, a leader, all right, who, 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 who God, you know, did things in his life and used them and 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 we saw a, you know a, you know a great release of gift but this gift has not been well built integrated amen into what you would define as the fruit of the nature of the spirit of god Saul had not allowed amen the nature of god to grow in him Saul had not allowed the character hallelujah of of divine regulation amen and and and, and divine you know you know a uh, restraint all right, he's, he's banking on that, you know, word, on that oil, on that release of Samuel upon his life. And he's, I, I, I want to believe that Saul, amen, has been going around, you know, holding, you know, this mantle and say, I was anointed by, by prophets, prophet Samuel. I've got the prophetic in my life. So out of this, you know, spiritual pride, if you will, and to, to crown it all, it was a king. So there's a lot of there's a lot of spiritual pride. There's a lot of you know you know uh, uh, arrogance. Bible says Saul was thirty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned forty two years over Israel. Now Saul chose for himself. He chose for himself, amen. Three thousand men of Israel, of which two thousand were with Saul in Michmash and in the hill country of Bethel. While 1,000 were with Jonathan at Gibeah of Benjamin, but he sent away the rest of the people to their tent. He said, guys, you, you are not prepared. You, you're just too, you're not ready. Come on, go back to your tent. Go back to your tent. Now, I'm going to tell you why, those, why he sent those people back to their tent. Because those people do not have the skill, do not have the competence, but they don't even have amen, the machineries of warfare. Yet, amen, he had chosen them. Because he chose these people. He sent them back. Because somehow they did not match up to his expectation. Now, his expectation was to have built those people, to have resourced them. You're going to see in the next chapter, all right, that in the day of this same war that, you know, Saul stared, the Bible says, none of the Israelites had, amen, a weaponry to war with except Saul himself and his son, Jonathan. What, what, what a wickedness. Let's read on. I, I, you, I want you to get the background of what we're dealing with. So, so, so we, we, we begin to see why the Lord brought amen, this system of leadership to judgment. Because indeed God brought it to judgment. Bible says in verse 3, Jonathan smit the garrison of the Philistines that was at Gibeah. And the Philistine heard about it. Then Saul blew the trumpet. 
How do you blow the trumpet? Already you have sent the people away. You, you had certain men with you, but you send them away. But now you're blowing the trumpet again for people to gather. Are you seeing the irrationality? Are you seeing the ir is this guy is like this guy cannot think straight. This leader called Saul cannot think straight. He blew the trumpet, all right, throughout the land, saying, Let the Hebrews hear all Israel. Heard the news that Saul had smitten amen, the garrison of the Philistine. Doesn't that sound like pride? He said, Let all the Hebrew people hear. That Samuel, excuse me, that Saul has smitten the garrison of the Philistine. And all, listen to the, and also that Israel had become a what? An idiot to the, to the Philistine. The people were then summoned, you know, to, to Saul at Gilgal. Remember, Gilgal is a place of circumcision. And yet there was no covenant. Saul had not made covenant with these people. Yet they were, they were summoned to him at Gilgal. But Saul is not a kind of a person that, that believes amen, in deep relationship. Because Gilgal is a place of the cutting of the foreskin. It's a place of circumcision. It's a place of covenant. It's a place of integration. It's a place of oneness. It's a place where amen, that which defines your strength, your manhood, has been exchanged with the strength of your brother. That's, that's that Gilga. That's what circumcision means. You've offered your strength to the Lord. And you've allowed him to, to take you through seasons of healing. I hope somebody's getting this. Verse 5. Now the Philistine assembled to fight with Israel. <laughs> guess, guess the number of the chariots. 30,000 chariots. 30. Now. Look at Saul. Look at Saul. How many? How many? How many? How many uh, number of army did Saul got? Three thousand. This is what happens when you become irrational with the things of God. They say. They say. Don't. 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 Don't strike. Don't. Don't steer something you're not prepared for. This is Saul for you. Very rational. Always doing things. All right. To gain, to gain cheap popularity, always doing things, all right, for people to give him some accolade, to give him some respect. Wow, this guy prayed 40 days. Not that God called for 40 days prayer, but you just want people to respect you. You do things, you give, you share, you know, you, you, your, your motive, amen, is to gain the love of the people, is to gain, you know, the, 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 the praise of the people. And sometimes we do that, all right. To our own detriment. In fact, most time we do that to our detriment. So underestimate, so underestimated, amen, the strength of the Philistine. In fact, we can even push it further. Not only did he underestimate the strength of the Philistine, but he did it without bothering, without looking at the strength and the quality of his own man. He's a man who doesn't care. We're talking about a shift in leadership. Now the Philistine assembled to fight with Israel. 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and the people, listen to this, and the people like sand, which is on the seashore in abundance. The foot soldiers, they were like sand in the seashore. <laughs> you went to stare a lion that you're not ready to fight. Come on, I know this is making sense to some of us. 
There is a battle that God prepare us for. There is a battle that we rush into ignorantly and we suffer casualty. There is a battle that God prepare us for that we must fight and when he leads us, we win. But there is a battle that we ignorantly, you know, push ourselves into and we suffer casualty. This was Saul here. Let me take that verse 5 again. Now the Philistine assembled to fight with the Israelites. 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and the people like sand which is on the seashore in abundance. And they came up and camped in Michmash, the same place amen, where uh, uh, Saul amen, had camped. Michmash. Listen to these. At Michmash is of Bethaven. Verse 6. When the men of Israel saw that they were in stray, for the people were hard pressed on them. Then the people, listen to this, the people of the same people that you know saw summon, the same guys that he blew the arm that he summoned, come, let's fight the Philistine. The Bible says, when they saw 30,000 chariots, 6,000 amen horsemen, you understand. Men on the, you know, foot soldiers like sand in the seashore. The Bible says the people, the people began to hide in caves, in tickets, in cleaves, in, in, uh, in cleaves and in sealers and in pits. Wherever they can hide, they were hiding there. <laughs> I thought Saul called them. I thought Saul called them amen, that they must come fight. The Bible says, also some of the Hebrews, listen to this, also some of the Hebrews crossed the Jordan into the land of Gad and Gilead. That was the territory of the Philistine. They crossed there. But as for Saul, <laughs> listen to this, as for Saul, he was and is still in Gilead and all the people, amen, followed him trembling. Trembling. <laughs> I mean, these are people going to war. You're going to war, but they're following Saul, trembling. Does that say something to you? That Does that reveal something to you about the kind of leadership of Saul? Yes. If you dare go, I'm going to curse you. <laughs> does that sound like some pastors? Yes. If you don't follow me, I will call down fire on you. I am the prophet of the house. The Bible says, but as for Saul, he was still in Gilgal. And all the people followed him trembling. These are people that are supposed to go to war. But they are afraid. How do you go to war? I mean, you've broken the rules of battle. You, know, you want to engage in war. The first thing you've got to conquer is fear. That I'm highlighting something for us here. For us to see that how we have done church, how we have led, how we have equipped and empowered, how we have steered the people in the past can no longer lead the people. In fact, some people are already crossing. They've, they've crossed to Gilgad. They've crossed to, you know, uh, where's the other place they crossed to? Gad. They've crossed to Gad and they've crossed to Gilead. Out of fear. Some are already hiding in, in caves. Listen. To us sometimes, uh, last year the Lord said to me, 
one of the things you're going to be doing next year, which of course is, you know, 2020, you have to begin to bring my people back. You have to bring them back to fellowship. You have to bring them back to the house, bring them back to the fold. You have to bring a message of restoration back to my people. Who are the people? These people who have run from the leadership of Saul. Who are in holes. Who are in caves. Amen. Who are in cliffs. Who are in sealers. Uh, you understand? Who are, some of them are in pits. These are places that dignified people should not be found. These are places where, you know, Hebrews, Jews should not be found. What led them here? A leadership led them there. I know you're not going to like this, but here's the word of the Lord, friends. Here's the word of the Lord. We're talking about bringing back the church. We're talking about restoring back amen, the dignity of the ecclesia, the dignity of those who have run away. Did you, have you noticed that some of them were sent away back home? Saul so sent them back to their tent. Don't come to church again. If you come back here... <laughs> It's a day of restoration, but it's a day of divine order. It's a day of divine alignment. Whenever God, listen to this, whenever God wants to redeem his people, he's also ready to judge a system. And whenever God begins to judge a system, he's ready to redeem a people. It's a principle of the kingdom. You will never see redemption without a man looking around and seeing judgment. And you will never see judgment without seeing redemption. That's why in this day where there is judgment, if you look around, you're going to be seeing the light of redemption. It's a day of joy for us. It's a day of redemption for certain people. And we have to, we that God has prepared, amen. Like we're sharing yesterday on the meeting we had. Listen, we have, we have been prepared for this. The Lord has been preparing some of us, amen, 20 years for this, for this day. And that's why we, we must have the sight, amen, to be able to accommodate those who have scattered, who are still on the journey. This is the sight God has given to us. The Lord said, I've sent you ahead to prepare. I remember when I left, you know, all those things men call the move of God and all of that. God told me, this is, I'm, I'm no longer in this thing. So I left it. I left it. You can do your hocus pocus, do your network, do your whatever. Just continue to focus and build and pray for people and encourage them, you know, and steer the heart and keep them in the journey. A day's going to come, they're going to come back to the fold because Jesus left. Hello? Jesus left how many? 99. He left the 99. He went for the one. So this is the day where we're going for the one. The one that, that are in the caves, the one that has gone, amen, to you know, to, to the pits, all right, that are in the in the in in the in the tickets, wherever they are, we want to bring them back because this is the day where God is equipping his people, and God earlier wants to bring his people into a day of rest. It's a day of rest, friends. As much as it's a day of war, we can we can rest in the day of war. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Where did I stop? I think I stopped in. Okay, let's let me take it from verse five again. Is somebody picking what whip? You know, you've got to pick this by the spirit. All right, I'm just giving the word of the Lord, but you've got to pick where, all right, is relevant to you. What is relevant to you? The Bible says in verse verse uh, verse five of Second Samuel, 
excuse me, 1 Samuel 13. Now the Philistines assembled to fight. Remember, the, the, the Philistines were not the one that stayed this war. It was Saul. <laughs> it, was Saul. it was Saul that stayed. And God didn't lead him to stay. The, no, it was his pride. It was his arrogance. He wanted to prove a point that I'm the leader. I'm going to show the people I'm a leader. But he has no power. You're going to realize later on, it was David that built him out, out of this war. <laughs> David, the small young guy, yes, it, he built Saul out of it. That's why he wanted to kill David because that, his pride would not just allow him to rest. How can this boy come and disgrace me? Yet you do not have the power. You couldn't fight the people. Bible says now the Philistines assembled to fight with the Israelites. 30,000 chariot, chariots men, chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and the people like the sand which is on the seashore, in abundance. And, and they came up amen, and camped in Michmash, east of beth Even when the men of Israel saw, you know, that certain things you just said to yourself, Lord, no, 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 no. I don't think I can match this. When the men of Israel saw that they were in straight, for the people were hard-pressed. Some translation says, for the armies were hard-pressed. I think it's the NIV translation that says, when they saw that the army were at press, the same very army that were supposed to be fighting amen, alongside with Saul, when the people of Israel, when the Jews saw that the army were shaking at their boot, then the people said, we don't, we don't have hope. Then the people began to hide in caves, in tickets, in cliffs, amen, in, in, in sealers, and in pits. Also some crossed to the other side of Jordan. In other words, they changed their identity. They decide amen, to change their nationality. I'm no longer a Jew. <laughs> I'm a Philistine. I'd rather go there and get protection. They crossed into the land of Gad and Gilead. But as for Saul, he was still in Gilgal. And all the people following him, trembling. What kind of a leadership is that? That the people are following you in fear. When you're following a leader in fear, it's time to leave. If a leader is ruling by fear, it's time to leave the house. He said, who said so? Tell them Isaiah Phillips. A prophet sent a man from Nigeria to South Africa says, leave the house. And if you have any friend, if you're a minister of God, you have a friend that is manipulating you into relationship by fear or by some network. They can't connect and relate with you because they believe in you and they love who you are. That if you don't join their network and join what they're doing, then you're not a friend. Live. It's not of God. It's a standard that heaven is raising in this brand new day. Your, our network doesn't make us connected in the spirit. It's our spirit and our hearts. Now, he waited. Listen to this. The Bible says, we're reading on, we're in verse 8 now. Now he waited. Who is waiting? Of course, Samuel. Excuse me, Saul. Now he waited seven days according to the appointed time set by Samuel. Now, listen to this. There's an authority. There's a prophetic authority, amen, over the land, over the nation by the name Samuel. But this guy, amen, bypassed that authority, did his own thing. It was still not listening. The Bible says he waited seven days according to amen, the, the stipulated time by, by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal. You know, I was asking, Lord, why did Samuel did not show up in Gilgal? Do you want to know? Because Saul is not a covenant person. Gilgal is a place of covenant. 
Gilgal is a place. You see, covenant means you open up. They, you see, they cut you. When they cut you, we see what's in there, right? That's, that's a place of Gilgal. It's a place of circumcision. Circumcision, amen, is a type, amen, of covenant. Every time people do circumcision, they are entering into covenant. It's a place of the spilling of the blood. Samuel refused, amen, to play with the things of God with Saul. The Bible says he did not come to Gilgal. On the seventh day, it's supposed to be a day of perfection. You cannot cut covenant with somebody like Saul. Because he's a carnal person. He plays with the things of the spirit. He jokes with it. The spiritual things are joke. Saul can pray right now. And the next minute he can go sleep with his girlfriend. Sleep with his secretary. He doesn't care. You understand this? Saul does not respect the things of God. He has, he has no respect. He has no sense of sacredness of the things of God. That is Saul for you. So Samuel does not respect, amen. The prophetic does not respect, amen. Anyone who plays and joke with the things of God. Are you getting this, friends? This is one of the reasons why Samuel did not turn up. Because, amen, this guy just wanted to use a gift. He just wanted to use the prophetic. He's not ready to surrender and submit himself to the spiritual leadership. <clears throat> now, when he waited seven days, according to the appointed time set by Saul, Samuel, but Samuel did not come. You see, because Samuel was going to was going to prove the heart of, of Saul. You know, and sometimes the Lord will have us, particularly in the prophetic, to prove amen, the commitment of people, to prove we want to see what is deep into their heart. God will do certain things, all right, to show, to reveal you to you, to show what is on the inside. Because since sometimes we can say things all in the mouth, hallelujah, praise God. Ah, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But those of us who have journeyed with God, we don't just listen to what you say. We want to hear what your heart, we want to hear what your heart is saying. And sometimes we bring that which is in the heart, we bring it out. Just by disrupting, disrupting the time and, and changing, amen, the, the time and the season. And yes, they do that. Because when, when things don't work in accordance to how you planned and programmed it, the real you will show up. Now, when Amen, he waited seven days according to the appointed time set by Samuel, but Samuel did not turn up at Gilgal. And the people were scattering from him. Remember, the same people that, that went with him we went with what? With fear. They're following Saul, but they're trembling. <laughs> when the people saw that after seven days, Samuel did not turn up, they said to themselves, God has left this guy. <laughs> God has left this man. We better find our way. Now, are you seeing the response? Are you, I, I, I'm, I'm just laying, you know, a nice, beautiful foundation. We're going to stop very soon, hopefully by the grace of God. Yeah? Wow. I've said so much under one hour, 30 minutes. When 
when he waited how long can you wait do you set do you have a set time all right for god to move you know i was i was i was i was i was listening yesterday when a brother was asking in the meeting we were in you know that does any does anybody have a prophetic time a prophetic you know yeah time span of when this corona thing is going to you know go and uh, I, I just thank God that I, I, I didn't say anything because, you know, sometimes in our understanding about the prophetic, we, 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 we tend to want to limit or want to box how God will move and respond to certain things. All right? That spiritual things, timing in spiritual things is very subjective. We, we need to be very careful. All right, that we don't get to a point where we be, we, we we become we shoot ourselves at the foot, all right, by by seeking to say things that the Lord has not said, or even projecting a certain answer that the Lord may just be saying that, but that's not for you. It is the glory of God, amen, you know, to conceal a thing. It's the glory of kings to, to search it out. Searching it out does not mean that they give you specific, you know, timing. And so, okay, this is the time span. In certain places, they give time span. In certain places, they don't give time time span. You just have to journey with God, amen, in that day-to-day -day preparation of your heart. It can be two days. It can be three days. It can be four days. It can be five days. It can be hundred days. It can be a thousand years. That doesn't matter to God. It is your heart in obedience. The Bible says, God said to Abraham, walk, walk before me and be what? Perfect. That is what is required. And that is what we need to learn because we're dealing with our prophetic school. We're going to be dealing with that later on. All right. We need to understand that in the prophetic, amen, things are not always cut out, amen, in the way that we, we presume or assume them. You've got to understand that God is very unique in his, in his dealings, in his speakings, all right? Yes, God can tell you, uh, uh, God tells you, I'm going to come tomorrow. But the scripture, scripture tells us, um, that, you know, a thousand, a thousand days before the Lord, amen, is like a day and a day before the Lord is like a thousand years. So God tells you, or somebody, somebody say, God is going to move, amen, in two months' time. Is it two months' time, human time, or two months' time, God's time? <laughs> you understand that is why i'm very very careful and cautious when it comes to things like this because it, it can ruin it can ruin your integrity as a servant of god just because you want to play you know a prophet you want to pray, play, you know a prophet you give a where if god tells if i hear god says Isaiah, tell my people that this thing is going to end by 6th of June. I say it. But you see, saying that will require that you have journeyed with God to such a level that when God speaks once, you hear twice. You there's an there's an echo and a re-echo of what God has said. There is an assurance and a reassurance that this is what God said to you. And and that, that doesn't mean that when you know June June 6 comes, you say maybe God did not say none that then you are lying, then you are a liar, then you're not a prophet. Because God is not a man that should lie, not the son of man that should repent. So be careful, you know, that you don't, out of zeal, 
Wanting to impress people because that's what we saw. We saw he wanted to impress his people. Amen. He did something that he was not supposed to do. And he had no capacity to handle it. And these are days where God is teaching us. God is building us. And we have to be very careful not to you know, bring ourselves to a point where or out of zeal, out of we hearing God, because now we want to hear what is God saying and put ourselves in a situation where we'll have to be asking the people for forgiveness. That's if we're even humble enough to say, you know what, I blew it. I made a mistake. We can make a mistake. In the prophetic, we can make a mistake and a lot of us do make mistakes because even in the prophetic, we're still growing up. But the moment you begin to say, this is what God told me, there's no room to make mistake there. There's no room to make mistakes. So let's be careful. Because God can even say certain things just to prove the condition of our heart, the state of our heart. Just like Samuel, I mean, this guy Saul, he, 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 the man of God says seven days. He waited seven days. The man of God did not appear. What was in his heart came out. And that is what Samuel amen, wants to reveal. What is in the heart of Saul? Now he waited seven days according to the appointed time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal. And the people were scattering from him. Saul said, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offering. Aye. Did you see? I told you earlier on. <laughs> That anointing, <laughs> that anointing, you, you, you say you're a prophet, I'm also a prophet. What, what's, what's your issue? <laughs> God called you, God also called me. After all, we're all called of God. <laughs> if you can do it, why can't I do it too? You see, these people do not understand something called the order and the protocols of the spirit. Because that's the day we live in. Why are they even calling him prophet Isaiah? His name is just Isaiah. We're all prophets. Ah. You're going to be shooting yourself at the foot because yes, we are all prophets, but we all do not share the same spiritual experience, nor do we share the same spiritual rankings. Even in the prophetic, all prophets are not the same. There are prophets far bigger than me, mature than me, gone far than me. I dare not wash them down, look at them as if they are nothing. Digging your grave. And the same with those coming behind me. These are days we must bring order back to the church. In the past move, listen to this. Because of the way the things of God, the gift of God, and the ministry gift were abused and misused. All right? it, brought, it brought all kinds of rebellion. Can you... Can, can I hear you say rebellion? Yes, it brought rebellion to the house of God. It brought all kinds of shame. It brought people to a point where we no longer honor and, and, and respect. Listen, it's not the fact that you call somebody a sir that makes you respect the person. It is how you connect to what the person carries that defines if indeed you honor that grace or gifting. And we like it or not, friends, the pattern of heaven has not changed. When we dishonor the grace and the gift of God, listen to this, heaven will punish us. You better understand that. Don't make the mistake to say, well, 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 we are all in the same level. We are not all in the same level. In the things of the spirit, it is very clear. 
You make that mistake, you make that mistake, you're going to be taking yourself. They will demote you. Honor brings honor. Dishonor brings shame to the house. Read the book of Proverbs. So don't say because this is what that person did to me. So I'm also going to, you know, do that or that's the way I'm going to look at things. You are going to be shooting yourself at the foot. Because listen to this, the grace and the gift you do not honor, you will not attract. The, ga the, the grace and the gift you do not honor, you will not attract. It, it will never, you will press the button, it will not work for you. Even if you're connecting, that was, that was Judas. Judas was among the twelve. Judas was among the twelve. He ate with Jesus. He drank with him. But guess what? <laughs> he abused that proximity he had. He abused it. And that's what I, I, I saw that. I saw that in the charismatic church. That, you, you know, sometimes you need to be very careful. Your proximity with spiritual leaders. I saw that the people that, you know, abuse and, and misuse, all right, the grace and the gift, amen, of the set man the most are people that are close, that are close to him. I learned that firsthand. I saw that. It is something we have to be, in this, in this brand new day, listen friends, as heaven is bringing all of us to a, a confluence, Listen to this. When we all sit on the table, when, when I sit on the table with my family, we're all sitting equally. And we're all sharing, eating. Everybody's joking. We're all, you know, enjoying ourselves. But guess what? Everybody knows the order. That that's the father, that's the mother. <laughs> and in my house, I've, I've taught my children this respect. Jemima, you've got to respect your brother. <laughs> that's how it is. You know, you, 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 you don't just take, no, no, it's order. You, you've got to teach that because we live in a day where that value system is being hammered or it's being destroyed. It's being destroyed. And that is the thing that is destroying the world today. Because you see, when, when you remove order and respect and dignity from the people's life, it's easy for people to be armed. It's easy for people to be armed, to go shoot and to kill. It's easy. It's just so easy. But if you train and teach people, you teach society what order, what love, what respect, amen, what, you know, regulation is, guess what? It will be very difficult for somebody to carry, for a young boy to, you know, to carry a gun and go shoot an elderly person. Because first of all, that child will think, wait a minute, this is, this is an elderly person. This is somebody that is older than me. This is somebody I need to honor and respect. If you, t you see, the reason why the world is collapsing today is because we have destroyed the structure and the order of God for, for societal building. So in my house, there's order. If you come to my house, there's order. There's protocol. It must be there. It's not something that we just do in church. It must be in your house. If we don't do it, we destroy posterity. And that's what, you know, this Hollywood are doing. They, they're using the medium of media to destroy the values. You see, that's why you have to fight this thing. You, you think I'm crazy when I'm talking about this thing. I understand that I'm fighting a spirit. You have to teach your children to honor, to respect, hallelujah, to, 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 to submit, amen. It's, it's part of the you know, structures of God. The, spirit, the things of the spirit do not walk outside. You never see God walk outside disorderliness. No, God, doesn't, God, God is not in the midst of disorderliness, no. 
He said, God is moving, but everything is going crazy. Everyone is falling. Every no, no, no. It doesn't work like that. Where you find order, you find God. It's called spiritual system. So as, 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 they, as they destroyed the systems and the orders of this world, they destroyed the morality, amen. They take the innocency of our children. It's easy, amen, to arm, you know, a child you know, with a spirit, with, you know, with anger, you know, and hatred. And you, 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 you see a children say to, the, to their parents, I hate you. I, I, I don't want to see you. I, in fact, I don't want to see your face. Get out of my face. You're just X, Y. You're like a child, yes. Because the system of the world has, has, you know, has, has made it such that a child doesn't care. You say, but that's, that's your mother. That woman gave birth to you, but that's your father. No, I don't care. You know why? Because, because the, the world system says, all right, yes, your, your, your mother, your father gave birth to you, but guess what? We are the one that defines your life. That, glo that globalist, ungodly, perverted system, all right, has given authority to our children that they are not to have. All right? And that is deliberate because that is all part of the principles and the project, amen, of destroying society. So in my house, there is order, there is system. Between me and my wife, there is order, there is system. It's not an easy thing, but guess what? We're working on it, we're building it. We have to keep, because if you don't do that, that itself becomes a gateway, hallelujah, for Satan to come into your garden. And before you know it, you, not only will he destroy amen, your wife, he will destroy your, your, you know, your children and he will destroy every other thing. Why you are still, hallelujah, praise God. You're still the prophet, you're still the apostle, amen. You're still the bishop your house is on fire are you getting this friends this is what we have to deal with this is what Saul amen did not understand when he said bring me the offering he said bring me the offering he stepped out of line. Remember, I also told you, the reason why Samuel did not show up at Gilgal because Samuel knew this guy is up to something and Samuel wanted, amen, that which he already knew, amen, to be revealed. He said, Let, let's see. I said seven days. Let's take this thing beyond seven days. Let's push it to the eighth day. Let's push it to another dimension. Let's, let's, let's take this thing. You see, if you want to deal with a spirit, you cannot deal with that spirit from the same level that spirit is operating. You've got to take the battle to the next level. That's how, I mean, I used to do, you know, a deliverance for people. So I understand this. So people think, oh, maybe this guy, no, I used to do deliverance and I'm very good at it. Oh, one-to-one -to, -one to the devil is, the demon is out of that person. I've cast that, you know, all kinds of spirit out of, out of people, out of, yes, please, please. You better believe that thing is still real. All right? we, people are still possessed today. All right? People are still obsessed today. They are, they are still devil walking in people. Amen. Let's not pretend as if suddenly that is not relevant again. And okay, when we say it's relevant, we just see it happen in some of those churches. And we say, ah, all these crazy people. No, no, no. It is real. The fact that they perverted it doesn't stop amen the up in fact the plans of the enemy is for us to believe that you know demons no longer work in people yes you know dem that's why you you look at many of these so-called apostolic you know what I call it new new reformation church no we don't talk about we, now it's all grammar we talk about grammar but dealing with the spirit in people no 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 that's something else ah you are <laughs> you've bit the bait the enemy is in the house 
And that's why the, that spirit will operate through pride, through arrogance, through spiritual pride, you know. And, and we do all kinds of things. We say all kinds of things we're not supposed to say because the devil knows how to acclimatize. You see, demons, they know how to acclimatize. Listen to this. When the devil knows that you, 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 hate, you hate seeing people fall down, you know, and people start conversing. So the devil, amen, changes his pattern. It's okay. Guys, stay there. Make sure, make sure you don't fall. And make sure you don't form in the mouth. Make sure, make sure you don't scream like dogs. But just stay there quietly. But you are waiting for somebody to, maybe to manifest and stuff. Uh, you know, but that demon is not doing that. So how then do you identify? Because I'm telling you the things that I have dealt with in reality. We've dealt with all those things. I remember when I was in Nigeria, this, this, this mother brought a, two, a, you know, a daughter, twins. Twins. Possessed. Possessed. I think, if I'm not mistaken, they must be seven or eight years old back then. And this woman said, look, man of God, I don't know what to do. I've, I've taken these children to all kinds of places, but we don't know what to do. But I've brought them so that you can maybe have a chat with them. And I sat them down, the twins. So what's going on? The moment I start speaking to them, they start sm smelling like, you know, you know, a sulfur. I'm like, what's smelling here? And then they start smelling like an egot. If you're in the farm, if you've been to the farm before, you will understand what I'm talking about. They start smelling like ego. I said, what's going on? Why are you guys smelling like this? Until later I did my research, I realized these are some of the ways, you know, demons express themselves. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That was my first time. <laughs> you know, that was my first time. And I was just asking. So I just asked a straight, direct question. You see, when you want to deal with demons, you've got to be precise. You've got to be sure of what you're saying. You've got to have your authority. You've got... And I said to this, so why do you guys want to destroy your father? Why, why, why did you ground your father's car? Why, why, why did you stop? Why did you stop the car from moving? Why did you put the car to, you know, to a halt? And one of them said, because our father never gives us, you know, a, a opportunity and all of that and all of that. And, and, and I'm like, so does that mean you should just ground the car? So I said, so how did you do it? And they said, in the night, we just stood on, we just sat on the car. We sat on the car and that was it. I said, you sat on the car. What do you mean you sat on the car? Yes, we sat on the car, and, and the car would never move again. You know, I, <laughs> you can't show fear. <laughs> Listen, these two girls, they ground their family. All the money they have, they became paupers. I mean, they make sure that their parents never had money again. So I said, so what are you guys doing right now? And I, I think I went for that and asked, I said, so who began this? Then they began to point to each other. As they were doing that, I, the Spirit of the Lord just said to me, now take authority. I just said, in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit, get out of them. You just see them start falling. They start doing all those gymnastics and all of that. And I wasn't ready for all those gymnastics. I laid my hands on them. Their mother was shocked. The woman started crying. I said, woman, stay outside. Let me deal with the spirit. We dealt with the spirit. The children were free. Now, I think that was my second experience, you know, dealing with, I mean, these were children, children. Now you talk about this, this, I'm talking about late, late 90s. 
You talk about all these children today who are sitting down watching all these demonic movies um, all in the name of cartoons. Those children are loaded. Sometimes you just need to pray for your children. I'm not saying go look for demons. Just lay hands on them. You know, and just, you know, just pray in tongues and lay hands on them. If you lay hands on your child and the child is shaking his head and saying, no, no, I don't want you. And then you know that something is going on. You better pray for that child again. I could remember, you know, I was in Johannesburg. And, you know, this, this uh, family, they, they attend our, our fellowship. And this baby girl, I mean, she doesn't just like me. She doesn't like me. And I'm wondering what have I done to this girl. But I love this baby girl. But she always falls sick. So one morning I was praying, the Holy Spirit said to me, this girl is possessed. I said, possessed? Hey, this girl must be about three years old. Or even two. I think she was two, three years old back then. And the Holy Spirit said to me, this girl is possessed. I said, Lord Jesus, they can't be. The parents are prayer warriors, you know. The, the, the granny, they are, they are the first to get to church to pray. We pray together and all of that. So we finished fellowship that day. I could remember, I could still remember vividly. We finished fellowship. So I said, bring this girl. I called the name. I said, let me pray for you. And she started screaming. She starts crying. I said, no, today I'm going to. Now the, gra the grandfather, who is late now, now wants to get angry with me. No, you know, you know how it is here. It's like, no, you, 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 you want to abuse the girl because that's what, you know, everything that is abused. No, no, don't, don't, don't. You want to traumatize the girl. I said, I'm not traumatized. I want to traumatize the devil out of her. <laughs> bring her. I call the granny. Bring her here. Lay my hands on her. I command that spirit in the name of Jesus. Come out. Go. That girl just went like that. Everybody, like, it's like their eyes was almost popping out. You know, before I left Johannesburg, that girl was like me. In fact, sometimes they bring the girl to my house just to come stay in my house for a while because she can't just, she, she, she can't do without me. She's always calling. She wants to go to Uncle Isaiah's house. I want to go to Uncle The mom must come drop her. We became the best of friends. Friends, things are happening. And we, we, we must have all-round sights. I don't even know how we got to the concept of talking about this now. You know, we must have all round sight, all round sight. This is not the day to just be saying we are apostolic. We have to, amen, check every area of our life. We don't want to give no devil room. We want to make sure that we've sealed all the doors. We're tracking with Christ. We're walking with Christ. Listen, because you can be, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Jesus is Lord. And there's a demon pinching over you. God knows where, amen, because you can't see you're ignorant. My people perish for lack of knowledge. There's an opening, amen, that you're not sealing. You say, but Jesus, I'm calling Jesus. <laughs> they were calling Jesus when they were perishing. We've got to have sight. We have to have understanding. That's why we say we have to grow in the things of God. Some of us have run ahead of certain things, amen, that ought to allow us to grow and develop, amen. We, we, we need to really believe God. I'm talking about, amen, a new, a new season of leadership. Heaven is calling us to step into a new dimension, a new operating system, amen, of 
kingdom advancement in leadership. But listen to this. If we live our life from this position of Saul, we will presume, we will assume, and that will work against us. We don't want to do that. Amen. We're tracking something here about the leadership of Saul that will not allow us to advance. Amen. And operate in this brand new day. We have to step into amen, a new operating system. The kingdom of God is coming near us. And as the kingdom come near, our values, our operational system has to change. Saul said, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offering. It was not his place. It was not his call. It was not his ministry. It was not his position. But he said, bring me. After all, I also can prophesy. After all, I'm also a leader. After all, I am the king. <laughs> bring me. The Bible says, and he offered the burnt offering. As soon as amen, he finished offering the burnt offering, it's like Samuel was waiting for him. Just looking at him somewhere. <laughs> Samuel, Samuel is a dangerous prophet. Looking at Saul. Okay, finally, this thing is out, right? You see, because you never get to know what is in the heart of people until heaven creates an occasion to expose their heart. We never get to know what is in the heart of people. So sometimes God would deliberately delay certain things. God would deliberately allow certain things like this corona, amen, has really exposed, amen, the agenda, the, the belief system, how weak, amen, how immature some of us are in the body of Christ. Yes, all of this is, like I said, whenever God wants to move, it creates an occasion. It could be on a personal level, but it could be, amen, on a larger scale, amen, of, of what we're seeing today. All of that is to really expose us, to show us, to reveal to us who we are, where we are, amen, what people claim to believe, to know in the things of God. This time is a time, amen, of examination. And many people, some of us are passing it, amen, some of us are failing it. But it's time for us to evaluate and ask ourselves, what are we doing? How do I change? How do I realign myself? How do I surrender and yield myself, amen, to that which heaven is calling for? Because if you, if you allow, amen, presumption, if you allow fear, if you allow what you're seeing, <laughs> Let's, let's read on, let's read on. The Bible says, he waited seven days and Samuel did not turn up at Gilgal. Amen. So he said, bring me the, the, bring me the offering. So they brought the offering, they brought, amen, the, 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 the peace offering and the, the burnt offering. You understand? And he offered it to the Lord. As soon as he finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him. Can you see that? Guilt. <laughs> Saul went out to meet him. All right. And to greet him, Samuel said, what have you done? What have you done? And he said, because I saw that the people were scattering. I saw that the people were scattering. So immediately, Saul revealed his, his type of leadership. You will assume when you read that, that I saw the people were scattering that, wow, you've got a love for the people. Oh, some, uh, Saul, you must love the people. Oh, you're a people. You're a man of the people. Really, you're a shepherd. Really, you're a good leader. No. The people were his security. The people were his God. The people were his validation. 
it is through the number of the people that he is able to proud himself. So as long as the number is increasing, he doesn't care about the state of their heart. He doesn't care about the, the state of their life. He doesn't care about the state of their spirituality. He doesn't care about, you know, what, what's going on in their life. If they don't have food in their house, if their house is on fire, he doesn't care. As long as they turn up in church, as long as they are there, he doesn't bother. Samuel does not bother. As long as it's election time and the people are there, all right, clamming for, you know, God knows what, ADD. CDD, ABC, you know, yes, we will vote for you again. As long as the people are there, they're fine. Have you noticed that that's a different order to which Jesus, you know, showed us leadership? Jesus came down from prayer. They said, the whole, the whole city is waiting for you. Jesus said, tell them to wait. I'm going to the other side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not coming. Sorry, today I'm not going to minister today. I'm going, listen, because we've got to understand that the things of God earlier cannot be motivated by people. The things of God, amen, are motivated by God for the people. There are two different things that I'm saying. If our leadership is people focused, we're, we're going to miss God. But if our leadership is God-focused, we are going to minister to people in accordance to his leading, in accordance to his timing, in accordance to his guidance, in accordance to his ways. Hallelujah. Some, Saul was afraid. He said, when I saw the people leaving, I saw the people scattering. I suddenly realized, wait a minute. I don't have a cover again. I don't have a protection again. There's no offering. The people are going with the tithe. They're going with the offering. They're going with their blessing. They, oh, how am I going to pay for that house? How am I going to pay for the, the car? How am I going to pay for the jet plane? Come on. How am I going to pay for that project? To him, the people living amen, is a calculation that he's in trouble. Because all of the things he wants to do, suddenly he realized that I've missed it. He said, I quickly, <laughs> that's what I told you. This guy thought, you know, offering the bond offering and the peace offering, amen, suddenly would trigger God to move. You know, thinking that the things of God is just magic. If you can do the offering, if you can, <laughs> the things of God don't work like that. Nah, the things of God don't work like that. It is not the act that matter. It is the heart that activates the art. It is the heart that activates the act. All right. It's not just about the about the act. You can, we can be so involved in act, act, act. People can be seeing us. We're so busy all over the place, all over the place. In fact, in fact, even in times of needs like this, we can be giving out food parcel, food parcel, food parcel. We're blessing people. We're helping people, and people are like, "Wow, this is good." But then God scans our hearts. And he says, but your motive is wrong. Yes, the people get food. The people, the people are happy. But before God, God says, you, I'm going to deal with you. Because your heart was wrong. You see, it's not just about, it's, it's, it's good for us to carry out a good act. Yes, the Bible talks about good works. We've got to. But hey, the motive, the motive, the motive, the motive, the motive. God looks at the, you know, men look at the outward. God looks at the heart. Men will celebrate, amen, our act. <laughs> they said, they said, they said to Jesus, 
this guy build us a temple. The more reason why you should assist him. This centurion, they, he built us a temple. That was the reason why they wanted Jesus. All right? You know, to, to, heal, to, to heal his son. This, this guy's been good to us. You see, many a times we can be deceived by good works. In fact, it is the easiest way, amen, to, you know, to deceive people. It is the easiest way to build cult, amen, good works. When you start showing people, you know, kindness and, and goodness, it's easy for people to give you their heart. All right? If you have, if you have, if you have, you know, uh, some 30 billion somewhere, stack up somewhere, and you, and you give 2 billion, Amen. To Corona, and I'm and I'm just speaking generally now. I don't have anybody at, in mind, and I'm just speaking. You give two billion to the Corona, you know, uh, um, project, you know, to assist the people. You're a great man, but God is not going to reward you for what you've given. God is going to look at your agenda, your your program. Why did you give that two billion? Two billion is a lot of money. But God is going to be looking because we're dealing with the heart of leadership here. We're dealing with the heart of leadership. Yes, yes, you gave such a large sum of money. But then God compare $2 billion to $40 billion that you still have. See, God, God cannot be mocked. That's what the scripture says. When our good works is backed by the condition of the righteousness of our heart. Ah. The Bible says. We will have. Amen. Our reward. Both here. In the now. And also. Amen. In the age to come. I'm going to round up. I'm going to round up now. Because of. You know. The recording time. So. Uh, um, verse 9 says. So. Uh, Saul said. Bring me. The, uh, the You know. The burnt offering. And the peace offering. And he offered it. As soon as he finished offering it. Offering the bond offering, behold, Samuel came and Saul went to meet him, to greet him. But Samuel said, what have you done? Saul said, because I saw the people were scattering from me and that you did not come within the appointed days that the Philistines, amen, within the appointed day and the Philistines were assembly at Michmash. Therefore I said, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal and I have not listened to this liar and I have not inquired of the Lord. So I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. Samuel said to Saul, you have you have acted foolishly and you have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God which he commanded you for now the Lord listen to this for now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever forever wow but now your kingdom shall not endure then the Lord Listen to this. Then the Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has appointed him as a ruler over his people because you have not kept what the Lord has commanded. So we're going to deal with that the next time we speak about this, hopefully tomorrow. Well, friends, 
this is something for us to look into. How do we respond to the things of God? How do we respond, amen, to the ways of God? How do we consider? When the Spirit of God starts speaking to us, how do we allow, amen, the will of God and the word of God and the counsel of God and the intentions of God to regulate our response? This brand new day demands a brand new leadership system, a new life, a new order, a new system of life, a new culture of existence, a life totally yielded to the authority. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. When we choose to obey and follow the directions of the Spirit without considering the people, but considering what God will have us do to keep His will and His word, God Himself will keep the people as we lead them. God said, I am looking for one whose heart is after me. Leadership is a heart that seeks to please the Father, that seeks to do the bidding of the Lord. Father, this is what we cry for this afternoon. This is what we long for. This is what we desire. Give us a heart after you. Help us to understand that with you, in leadership, we can never go wrong. I pray this afternoon, oh God, that as you continue to adjust our hearts and our lives, that we will see the need to truly respond in this new light. We bless you, Father. We glorify your name. I pray for my brethren who sought out the time to connect, to listen. May your will, O oh God, this afternoon prosper in them. Grant them grace, O oh God, yes, to walk in the full reality of that which your spirit has established this afternoon. We thank you. We bless you. We thank you, Father. May your kingdom continue to come to us. May we respond, O oh God, to the needs of our day as your spirit prompts us. And may we do it, O oh God, in truth and in spirit, in the sincerity and in the integrity of our heart. This is what we pray for. This is what we long for. That your grace and your power may rest in us, O oh God, as we yield to your voice. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Well, We've come to the end of this uh, uh, teaching this afternoon. I felt this morning that, no, I need to come back and just do this. And I, I'm grateful to God that I was able to do this. Thank you so much, everyone, for connecting to this uh, uh, frequency. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sister Diony. See you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, uh, Sister Tina. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. My dear brother, uh, Giwa, thank you so for connecting. And my dear sister also, Namti, thank you for connecting. Amen. Thank you so very much. Man of God, uh, uh, Gerald, thank you so much uh, for connecting. Brother Derek, thank you. Amen. My dear brother, Bruce, amen. Nice to have you. Thank you. Thank you for connecting. Amen. Amen. My brother, Annette, thank you so much. Amen. Wow, we've got a lot of people connecting with us. Sister Gannon, thank you so much. Amen. Brother Gregory, thank you for connecting also. Amen. Sister Shola, thank you. Thank you so much, everyone. 
I really do appreciate everyone that has turned up this uh, uh, afternoon to connect with us. May God continue to speak into our lives, into our heart, and may we continue to respond, amen, to what the Spirit of God is doing. Friends, heaven has brought, brought us to a new day. May we continue to raise the standard, amen, of this browning day. And we pray that the Lord, amen, indeed will give us solution to all that is happening. I will give our, you know, science community, amen, the grace to find the right vaccine, amen, for this corona so that we can move to the next level, amen. My son has been praying every day against corona. God must provide, you know, the science, the wisdom to deal with it. So that's, that's, that's great, amen. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. We'll see you later, hopefully later today or tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.